night. Uh, let, me, let me have a prayer after that, all right? <laughs> I really have some, some real deep stuff. I'm serious here. And I'm, I'm going to do my best, um, guys that are going to school this week or next week, to bring you all in. But let me just start deep, all right? So let's bow our heads. Uh, Lord God, we are hungry. And uh, you continue to feed us. The words tell us throughout the scriptures this day that uh, you are faithful even when we're not. That even when we forget the wonders you've done among us, that uh, you continue to do them. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you are God who uh, just relentlessly pursues us and never forsakes us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So Brooke read the very end of chapter 8. Who can separate us from the love of God? Uh, what a great question. Um, the book of Romans is amazing text, and some have said it's kind of like the, the Himalayas of the New Testament. And if it's true, then chapter 8 would be like K2 in Mount Everest. It's just phenomenal. And uh, it, it's easy to understand at times, and it's also very, very difficult to understand. Um, and in the midst of studying, again, this chapter, which is really just one of my just one of my life breaths, I found a verse that I'd never seen before. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Say that. Deuteronomy. Um, got a friend in church today. He says, oh, I know that verse. Um, I did never heard it. So listen to it. 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Amen. Isn't that amazing? That we may do all the words of the Lord. Law. The secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that he's revealed to us belong to us and our children. What a great word. The things we don't know, we just don't know. But the things we know, we know. Book of Romans got a lot of things we should know that are hard to grasp at times. Um, let me just read a couple of them from Romans 8. I, um, actually, we've been in Romans for 10 weeks now, and most of our community voices address some of it because it's just so rich. But here's one, chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. And our psalm today talked about God taking away our shame and no condemnation. Um, even when those want to condemn us, even when those love to remember our past rather than who we've become, no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit, it goes on to say, has set us free in Christ Jesus. What a great word. Um, I just jump up to Romans 8, chapter, verses 15 and 17, my paraphrase, we're children of God. Um, children of God, joint heirs with Christ. That means we are in the will forever, stamped, sealed, and delivered. That's the reality. We are joint heirs with, we are children of God. If children of God, we're his, we belong to him. And then if God is for us, who can be against us? So we reached this peak this morning, wrapping up this section, and um, says we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor 
anything else, and I'll just paraphrase the rest, can separate us from the love of God. Um, I, I want to say this, that you know, the words spoken over me in my baptism, any of you who have been baptized here, those words that you're sealed, Robert, by the Holy Spirit in baptism, you're marked as Christ's own forever, those are true words, but they're not always easy to believe. And I know that. And uh, even from one who was raised in the life of the church, it wasn't always that easy. Um, previously, the environment that I was raised in kind of looked a little bit like Nehemiah, to be honest with you. Um, my parents were doing the best they could, but lost one early, and it was difficult. Um, let me just read you that so you remember it. Verse 16, um, our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck. Y'all counter that at all? You know, stiffened their neck. Um, and they did not obey the commandments. They refused to obey. We're not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. And I know that's not all of your experience, but sometimes it probably is for some of you. Our, those who are over us, who care for us, lead us right back into condemnation and slavery. It's a tough thing. But, same verse, didn't even go to a new verse, but... You are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. Not us, too. Yeah, they didn't forsake, he didn't forsake us, but he didn't forsake those who led us there. Guys, for, unforgiveness is not an option for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That's um, a hard one. Um, so what I now know, though, I'll be honest with you, I know the rest of the story. I really do. I, um, I believe that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Um, this is where my head is kind of this, this Sunday. So I think about these students going back to school and think about parents and teachers and our country and just the whole gamut. Um, it's hard, specifically when life throws something at us, a difficulty. It just is hard. So I want to give you just a little short story. Those of you who know me know, know I love to give a little narrative. So for the past month, basically, not the whole month, but a lot of it, um, Ruth and I have been out in Hawaii with our daughter who's had her second child. And well, let me tell you, my daughter does not live at Turtle Bay in Hawaii. Okay? She lives where the people that have been there for generations live. Um, the homelessness in Hawaii is huge. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, we were in Hawaii. I mean, it was great. Um, but the reality is, it's not great everywhere. We know that. Even on the eastern shore, it's not great. So in this time, we were there to come alongside our daughter to have her second child. What an amazing gift. We were. We love her. We love our granddaughter. And um, every day, we'd go be with her and said, you know, what are we going to do next? It never crossed her mind that life was going to throw her a hard ball, this little soon-to-be three-year-old. And here's the, here's the paradox. In the midst of this time, we're finishing up a book for book club that's tonight. And, and the book is about a foster child raised in southwest Virginia in a depressed section, coal mine, in just horrendous situation. And one thing after the next happens to this little child. And here I am, Ruth and I are, just loving our granddaughter and our, her mother. Things are blessed. It's hot. 
She has no air conditioning, but that's not suffering. <laughs> but here's this child in this book. I'm about two-thirds of the way through with it, and I can't take it anymore because nothing good happens. I just read the end. I, 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 you know me. I, I, you know, I, I know the end of the story. It's, it's Christ making all things right. And, and sure enough, it did, but not perfectly, but it did. Um, and so I just started thinking, and I realized that most of us live somewhere between those two, right? I mean, my daughter and her family, they'll have adversities. Not yet. They haven't had too much, but, and not everybody is just extreme. You know, we've got some great foster families in this church, by the way. So, and they've spoke love into their children that is in their care. That's, that wasn't the case in this book. So I'm thinking about all this stuff and I'm thinking in all things, we are more than conquerors in him that loved us. And I'm thinking, you know, there was a time I didn't believe that because of what had been dealt us as a family. Um, we had come through some difficult times and had someone said, Robert, all things work for good. And I said, you're not in my home. Or, you know, um, nothing can separate from you the love of God. I said, you didn't hear what happened yesterday. You didn't go to my school. Paul reminds us right in the middle of chapter um, 8 or towards the end, so we are like, what well, we're being slaughtered, he says. Let me just read that so I don't misquote it. Um, that's us, really. Even if we're loving, caring people, um, for your sake we're being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. I'm just thinking about these things. And I'm thinking about, you know, I get, I get excited about the love of God, but it's not easy for everybody. Students, if you want to just take a break and you can listen to me, um, not only do I know some of the good VBS songs, um, I was a student once. Um, and I was a student um, in a new school on a Monday after Thanksgiving, moved from the town I'd lived in my whole life, the friend group I'd had my whole life, and a home I'd lived in my whole life, to a giant apartment complex in a big city, and I was in eighth grade, and I went to an eighth through twelfth grade high school because they were busing kids all over Atlanta and trying to figure it out. And I went into school, and nobody knew my name. Nobody spoke to me. I was that kid that sat at the back of the classroom. Um, nothing could separate you from the love of God. You're not in my life. Your classmates, they're going to come to school with you this week. They're going to sit in the lunchroom. I was a kid that walked in the lunchroom and thought, oh, my gosh, where am I going to sit? You know, there are going to be kids like that in your school. Some of them are going to come from homes that are just wonderful, like a lot of you are, that love your children. Some of them are going to come from homes that have lost a parent who haven't lost a parent, but the parents are just fighting. Did you hear Terry Wilson's words last week? Just horrendous situations. Those are the ones that are going to be in your classroom. You know, be in your lunchroom, be on your school teams, be in your art classes, be on your band. Be, that's who's going to be there. It's going to be a, just a plethora of diversity there. And my personal experience was mixed. I had both. Everybody knew me, and then I moved. The story of Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000 follows up 
on the tragic news of Jesus hearing about John the Baptist being beheaded. Now, I don't know if you even picked up on that, but it said, after he heard this, Dan read for us, after he heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Not even rest in the midst of his deepest grief he had probably experienced so far. Um, I, I kind of know some of that. So I asked myself, just into just the realm of just a whole uh, idea of godly play, I wonder who those people were those 5,000 people that came out to see Jesus. I wonder who they were. It said there were 5,000 plus women and children. I wonder if any of those children um, had experienced what I experienced or what maybe you're experiencing. I wonder if some of them might have lost their parents and were just in a system, in a family there, because that's kind of what the Jewish people did very well. They didn't let the orphans go and they took him into their homes. I wonder if there were some who had been bullied. Um, if you read the, the message version of nothing can separate it, it says that. It's the persecution that said those who've been bullied, those who've been just set aside, rejected, forced out of a clique, um, nothing can separate. I believe that, but it's hard. And so I wonder what Jesus taught doesn't tell us what he taught the feeding of 5,000 unless you impose maybe the Sermon on the Mount on it. But even in that, he didn't say, don't worry about it. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. No. It said he healed them. And what I like to think is that healing is more than just physical healing. I think it's the, the whole gamut. I think it's relational. I think he, I think he taught about unforgiveness. I think he taught about the importance of community, um, the wholeness that comes from um, being accepted. About I think he taught about belonging. Do you wonder that? Who were these people? What were they? What were they hungering for? I mean, that story is like the wilderness story. It's kind of the New Testament story about the people in the wilderness crying out, and God gave them manna. Here he fed them. And what were they doing in the wilderness? That line in that um, song that Wendell wrote, by the way, talked about they were hungering because of their pride. Oh, wow. Pride prevents us from being able to be fed, doesn't it not? Unforgiveness. I mean, just, I mean, I had a lot of things. I've had a month to prepare for this, by the way. And, um, so who were they? They were sick. They were broken. They were lonely. Some might have come from really good situations and just wanted to get better. Did Jesus te teach them about wholeness? I think he did. So the text says something really interesting. Um, at the end of the day, whatever that day looked like, um, the disciples looked around and were overwhelmed, I think. So what are we going to do? How, how are we going to feed them? We're way away. How are we going to feed them? And Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said, all we have is five fish, I mean, five loaves and two fish. And he said, that's enough. And he took it and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it. And they were all fed. 
So what I want to do here is I went back and made sure I knew. I listened to all the community voices that have been going on for the last eight weeks. I'm not going to quote every one of them, but I just want to remind you. Um, one of the speakers reminded us that when you are with people, are you seeing them? Are you, are you really seeing them? They're in the hospice uh, vocation. Do you see people? Another person said, you know, when you invite people to come, have you spent time with the Lord? I mean, do you know what you know? Do you know the things, the truths about nothing can separate? There's no condemnation. I'm called to forgive. Do you know these things? Then go and be with a person and see them, be with them, and then invite them. Last week, Terry reminded us of just the homes in our community. They're beautiful homes. I've got a friend in town for the weekend. We drove down. I wanted to show him St. Francis, another one of our sister churches. There's some beautiful homes. And there's some really hurting people in those homes. Children that are parents are just not doing what they should do. Um, Jared spoke about the importance of community. Um, we got to do this together, you guys. Um, I can't do it. I need you. Mike, back in, back in June, he said that Jesus takes us. Actually, he calls us. He blesses us. And then he breaks us and gives us. And that your brokenness is an amazing gift. There's no excuse. I don't care where you are in your life, whether you're a new child in this community, whether you're going through a bunch of stuff, you have a gift to give. You are worthy of being given in this community. Um, it's power. There's beauty and brokenness, is it not? Um, you feed them. You love them. Even when it's very hard. And I want to share one more thing. It's not in my notes. Um, as I was praying this week, I was thinking about, as a grandfather, seven times now, um, you see all those little cute little bumper stickers about, you know, grandchildren or whatever. They're the, they're the gift because of raising kids. Well, I'm going to say that's not true. The three most important things in my life are the hardest things. Following Jesus, it is so hard. Being faithful to everything he asks, it is just so hard. Martha, said that Howard. She said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, your neighbor, yourself. It is very hard, um, but it's huge. It's number one in my life. The greatest gift I have is following Jesus, but it is very hard. The second covenant I have is loving my wife, and, and it's not because of Ruth. It's just because I'm sinful. It's hard, guys. Marriage is hard, and raising children is an amazing gift, and it is very hard. Grandchildren, what an easy thing. <laughs> I'll see you later, Cardinal. We'll, you know, see you in six months. But, so you hear what I'm saying, parents? The greatest gifts that God gives us, and the way we bless this world, is to dive in to the hard things in life. Loving the Lord our God, loving those in relationship with us, and loving our children. Um, amen.
So we, um, Ruth, if you'll come forward, please. Ruth's got some tags. We're not blessing the backpacks. We were trying to figure out what that looked like, and people would forget their backpacks. So what we're doing is Ruth's made some tags. We've done this now like three years, I think. And it just simply says, um, God's got your back. And that's true. It doesn't say, God's got your back, so everything's going to be great in school. No, it doesn't say that. It's going to be hard. Y'all know that. And I pray that you, are, you know that and that you have love and life and you pour into your community as best you can. Children, I'm not asking you to get in relationship with kids that are not there yet. Be careful there. I'm serious about that. But still, do your best. Do speak to the person sitting over there in the lunchroom. You know, speak to me. I was that guy, you know. Um, love your friends. Know that if someone is not being nice to you, there's probably a lot going on in their home. Just be patient with them. Talk to your parents about it. Talk to me about it, you know. Um, so we're going to ask God's blessing, not so much on this thing, but on you uh, who are carrying an amazing promise that God has made to us, all right? So let's bow our heads. And parents, if you've got your children with you, just put your hand on your children. Adults who don't have children, just pray for this family that we have here. Lord God, we are just so grateful uh, for the gift of children and the, just the blessing, the opportunity to raise them up in this very unstable world. And we, we pray, Lord, that they would know that following you is greater than any other thing they could do. It's hard. And loving one another is a great thing, but it's hard. And being your child is a beautiful gift. And we ask your blessings to be upon them as they go forth into our community. We ask you to bless our teachers that they may know um, also that they have a great responsibility. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.